podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the five-year plan pod extra, uh, w- w- one of the weeks that we're doing during the summer. I don't know. We can't really call it anything because there's all sorts of stuff that we're going to be talking about. But it's it's one of our, our regular weekly pod extras that we're doing uh, during the summer break. Uh, I'm here with JD. Say hi, JD. How are you doing? Hi, JD. How are you doing? <laughs> Covering all the bases here today. So how, how are you doing, JD? You good? Uh, I'm a bit tired, but... Uh... Otherwise, no, I'm doing quite well, actually. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. And Dom Fifield of The Athletic. How are you doing, Dom? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Rob? I am well, thank you. And Adam Sells of... Adam Sells. <laughs> yeah. Sells goalkeeping products. Yeah. Goalkeeper products. Goalkeeper products. Goalkeeper products. Sorry, yeah. goalkeeper products. That's how are you me. doing, Adam? I'm here. Yes, all present and correct, sir. This week, or last week, in fact, uh, Palace announced the signing of... Michael Wallace, which was a very pleasing signing. Um, what are your thoughts on that one, Adam? We, we had you talk about England and the negativity of that. Yeah. You happy about Michael Wallace yeah, arriving yeah. at Palace? I think it's, it's exactly the kind of signing that we should be making. I think he's, he's somebody that, um, you know, many people have had eyes on in the championship and he's a young player of some potential. So I think it's a very, very smart bit of business from the club and um, a very reasonable price it seems as well so um, one down ten to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, I think I think that's that's probably the only downside is the the, the lack of other signings that have come since but um, someone of that kind of talent 19 years old he he scored seven goals I think last season and and uh, created 11 for Reading for someone who's so young, those are impressive statistics in the championship, aren't they, JD? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, as you were, as you were saying that, I was thinking about Bakayo Saka, actually, just because I've heard the phrase 19-year-old so much this week after his missed penalty. And it was interesting, sure I don't was. know if you guys saw um, you guys saw Michael Owen tweet, and, and Michael Owen obviously is uh, an interesting fellow, but he tweeted after everyone saying, you can't have Saka step up, he's only 19. And Owen pointed out that actually all the people who have missed penalties for England previously have been in their late 20s. And actually, it's the first time someone as a teenager, I think, has missed a penalty in a major tournament. And actually, young players are so like free of fear, they're actually apparently more likely to score goals, uh, penalties in the shootout. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, but but nine, then, taking all that into account, nineteen is still young, and so we do need to obviously give Elise time. Um, but but we were saying the same things about Eze, weren't we? When he signed a year ago, and he bedded in very quickly, really. And I know that Roy took his time to give him his chance, but once he really had some game time, he was fantastic. And you know, we we had a piece on the the website from the guys at the Tolhurst End, Reading uh, bloggers and fanzine guys, and uh, they're all saying very similar stuff to what we heard from QPR fans when Eze signed. And you know, if Elise has a season half as good as Eze did, um, barring the horrific injury at the end, obviously, then I think it's going to be a very good signing and 8 million seems like an absolute steal as well. So it's, it's very, very exciting, but you know, we, we do also need to just, just, you know, temper our expectations and, and give this kid time to settle in and, and do his thing and get used to the life in the premier league. And, and there will be eyes on him and expectation with Eze not playing, of course. Um, but it's a very exciting signing. And as Selzy says, it's exactly the sort of signings we've been saying on this podcast. We need to make more of, you know, less, uh, less out of, uh, contract 33 year olds and uh, more players like this who we're going to have you know long term value and uh, we're going to hopefully see real, real development from so yeah very very exciting indeed and I can't wait to see him play Dom there's been a lot of talk about Palace working on this for a while what have you heard about that side of things do you know if there's a, I think Dougie was supposed to have been in contact with with Reading for the best part of a year is that right is something like that I think Steve Paris said 15 to 16 months right. today um which which sounds about right when you've got a player of that of that talent who's who is showing himself um to good effect in the championship he was the championship player of the year pretty much last year certainly Reading's player of the year and in a decent team with some good young talent there um and as of January, when I think we really did try and push for him to join then, or at least to commit to joining, I don't think he was keen. Uh, I think there were there were elements of that of the move that he doubted and, and um, was he was sceptical about. And I do think this is an early indication of the draw that Patrick Vieira will have on certain players. I mean, there, he has a French heritage. Uh, along with I think he can represent four countries actually weirdly and he's he's played for the junior sides in in France but but and he had a brief spell I think at City in their academy along with Chelsea where his brother is uh, currently in, enrolled at Chelsea's academy and and I, I would be surprised if if the Vieira factor didn't come into the decision that he's made to to come to Palace because there were other suitors there were other teams that were willing to pay this buyout clause of around eight million pounds to get him in. So um, I think it's a brilliant move when JD talks about tempering expectations. Well, he he has come with a problem. He has come with an injury, so he's not going to be around for right. three months probably. So that will give him time to bed in and to settle and, and hopefully allow him time to adjust and and to, to new surroundings and and make sure that when he does when he is fit which will presumably be a, around the same time that uh Eberichieze is is approaching match fitness as well or at least training fitness um then they can work together to get into that team together because I do the, the, the prospect of Olise Eze and Zaha in the same side is quite enticing that's that's mm. I mean, considering, um, I mean, I think that will get people sitting on the edge of their seats again, and and looking forward to seeing how Palace are gonna are gonna play and incorporate these these free spirited talents. So they're they're currently at St George's Park, kind of 
doing a pre-season essentially like a camp away with the with a, as a group um we're not see we haven't seen any more signings since uh, Elise's. Oh, that's a bit harsh on. Well, on sorry, Selzy. sorry. Let me just be clear. Here. We, we, <laughs> we have Blimey. seen one. We've seen. We've seen a, a, a very good crucial squad member. Wear, does he wear? Does he wear the gloves, Adam? What do you think? He doesn't get into <laughs> his contract otherwise, does he? <laughs> um, well, but yeah, no, he's, so a, we, he's a he's a kid that I've known since he was quite young, uh, and I think he became a little bit. Uh, disillusioned with uh, various agents and things over time and sort of came and asked me for my help. Dino uh, had worked with him previously at Norwich, Dean Kiley, and was quite a fan of Remy's. And, you know, it's a number three gig with a a limited budget, let's say. Um, You know, we've got to do a lot of surgery to the squad, as we've been discussing during the course of the summer. So, it made good sense for all with what we had to work with if he was a decent alternative. And, you know, I've read some of the comments, you know, from fans that were a little bit negative, but actually this is a decent goalkeeper with some pedigree and ability to grow. And uh, he's a he's a good lad and he's uh, he's just what you need in the group in terms of character and all that sort of stuff. He's a, he's born and bred in Great Yarmouth, so um, he uh, I was Dougie was in touch with me on Monday. It was all agreed pretty easily by over the next couple of days. It was pretty straightforward to be honest. And then he came for the medical on Friday, uh, trained on Saturday, completed all the paperwork, and I did with Christine, the club secretary, and. Then uh, I showed him the delights of Beckenham for a, an Italian at Pierre Luigi's on Saturday night. And then I gave him the option of returning to his hotel or joining me at a South London pub for the uh, monthly music quiz. And he opted, <laughs> to, he opted to join us at the oh. table. But let's just say he didn't... Uh, he didn't answer too many questions and I hope his shot stopping is of a greater ability than his <laughs> pop knowledge or we will be in trouble. He was particularly perplexed when uh, the quiz master played Three Little Birds by Bob Marley and I was singing, don't worry about a thing, Brighty, everything's <laughs> going to be all right. <laughs> Nick will <like> that one. <laughs> classic impression again. <laughs> don't worry, Brighty, everything's going to be all right. I yeah, Nick will like that. that effect. And he was looking at me saying, what are you going on about? So I showed him, Nick will be pleased also that I indoctrinated him in the Palace Minute in the car on the way back to the hotel afterwards so he could understand Steve Parrish in Amsterdam saying it was the best night of my life. <laughs> I think all new Palace signings should have to watch the Palace Minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've never seen a Palace Minute, look it up on YouTube. It's, uh, it's oh fantastic. And it's, it's done by a listener of ours, uh, Nick yeah. Timothy. So. Yeah. It's about time you Very did good. some more if you're listening, Nick, because you're a clever boy <laughs> and it's quite entertaining. And the subtlety for the people that know isn't lost on them. And it's quite, quite something. Um, Adam, talk us through some of the kind of process a little bit though like so when it comes to when it comes to negotiating a contract what what's the process is it literally just saying right this is what my player wants here's the here this is this is what you know 
this is the length of contract that he wants, you know, make us an offer? Or is there actually a kind of, is it a bit different to that? I think it depends on the circumstance a lot of the time of the player as well. I mean... So anyway, uh, we've got a few questions about about uh, that, that we've uh, that we've had patrons submit, um, but it's probably worth just having a bit of a chat about what's going on and whether we think Crystal Palace are going to make some signings over the next week or two. Um, it does seem a little bit kind of barren still. Adam, do you think that you're going? Do you think we're going to see anything happening over the next week or maybe two weeks? Well, there seems to be a lot of talk right now, but not very much action in that sense obviously that that all changes very quickly as i know you know from one conversation to the next so i hope that we've got things moving i was having a little tot up the other day um at the moment we've got all the goalkeepers we need uh we need a right back a left back two or three center backs at least one midfield player and three forwards i think so is that what one, two, three, five, six. I think we still need at least nine players to add to the squad. Do you think we, we kind of touched upon this last week? Do you think that we're going to see a few of the young players, the youth players, kind of make the step up? It seems that they're they've taken a, a, a large number of them up to St George's Park to kind of give the manager a, a chance to to see what, well, yeah, what he's no got one there. Else well, that's true, but I think it's in, I think it's interesting that that you know. There, there is an element of that, but it's not, with with kind of a new manager come fresh ideas and the opportunity to kind of impress. Do you think that we'll see that happen, Adam? I'm not sure at this point. You might get lucky with somebody like Raksaki that might be sort of on the fringes, I would imagine, of it now, but probably by virtue of the fact that he's a sort of attacking wide player and they're probably the easiest to blood into yeah. your into your first team without so much responsibility, if you like. Um, but I don't see too many of those players being able to to make the sort of immediate jump into the first team picture. I mean, Ferguson and Mitchell don't have to be included um, because of their age in the 25-man squad. So effectively, you know, with those two, you, you can get, Sort of twenty-seven first-team players in a in a group, but I don't know whether there will be twenty-three plus those two. And obviously, with Elise and Eze missing out for the first couple of months of the season, then um, you know we're going to have uh, a bit of a, a, a shortage. I mean, I think I mean it's interesting. Someone was saying to me today, or. Oh, we need defenders, we need centre-halves, we need them quickly. And I'm thinking, yeah, but we've got to, forwards-wise, we've got Ben Teki, Mateta, Ayu, Wilf. That's it, I think, isn't it? <laughs> because Elise not, it won't be available, so and he doesn't have to be named in the screen. He's 19, Dom, is he, Elise, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't have to be named either. So, in fact, you could have 28 players, effectively. Um, but... With long-term injuries, with with Elise, uh, Eze, and Ferguson, you know you you know three of the players I'm putting in my in my squad when I'm quoting you those numbers are not going to be available to us. So, you know, it really is essential that we 
that we move on quickly and we, we keep adding bodies. I mean, the season's well, a month away. What's the date today? The 14th. Well, so it's a month a today, bit. isn't it? It's yeah, exactly a month today, yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's around a month away. So, so you know, we've we really got to, you know, if we need another 10 bodies in the door by uh, by the, the kick-off to the season, then uh, we are really uh, needing to add two or two and a half a week at the moment. And you don't really want to be doing that also in the last week running up to the first game. So you would hope that we will have a, a, a decent amount of those done in the next three weeks, really. Um, Dom, Dom, do you think that, that it, just because there's nothing kind of happening in the open, it doesn't mean that they're not working in the background, does it? It's, I think there's a lot of concern with Palace fans generally that that the silence means that there isn't any kind of movement, that the Lise move kind of appeared out of nowhere. Is this, this is going to be the kind of norm, isn't it, with Palace at the moment? That's what the club would like to happen. I, I really wouldn't be panicking on that front, on the, on the silence front. We know that these, these guys are, are exploring the market. They have to try and find a way of stretching their budget, and which means that they maybe can't commit to signing somebody for £10 million now, just in case they actually need to use that money to sign two players in a week's time. So it's very, very difficult juggling act for them, for them to play. The very fact that Adam there has given us his blow-by-blow account of a signing, and that was an easy signing, Remy Matthews mm. signs the paperwork on the Saturday, and it's not announced by the club until the Tuesday. So, again, it's it's a patience exercise for people on the outside looking in, and we're, we are all that, effectively. We're, we're all in that position. They will be working hard. They, they will be identifying targets. They will be exploring whether those targets are gettable. They are competing in a in a market with other clubs who are trying to target the same type of player. It's, it's, it's um, for example, today Palace were offered a, a player by a, a top six, or a club that would aspire to be in the top six club, but he's in his 30s. And they were offered him because in the past, Crystal Palace Football Club would probably have a good look at that type of player yeah. and think, well, yeah, a 31, 31-year-old might be quite a good asset for us at this moment. A lot of experience, an international player. But actually... That's not the market Palace are buying in now. They they are being more sensible about this, and they're having to be more choosy about this. And I think that's far better. Uh, it's it is just a matter of 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 patience. And I I don't think that they will bring in ten players. I I think that they will look at the as as says a lot of these guys that they bring in will not have to be named in the twenty five man squad. So you actually probably end up with a situation where you have maybe 20 senior players or 19 senior players who are all over 21 at a certain date, isn't it? Mm. They, have, they have to be known. And there's normally those... 21 on the first day of the season or something yeah, right. like that. It is or under. So yeah. you, you have those and then, and then you have hopefully six, seven, eight, nine who are juniors and don't have to be named. So they're young, they're young kids. Cause that's the type of player that Crystal Palace wants to bring in, let alone uh, the ones that they want to come through their, the ranks at the club. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too het up on the size of the squad, but, but that said, it does need to be a balance. And Steve Parrish did say that today. He, it's, it's in, in the interview that I, I presume was, was was done with with Chris at the time that they interviewed Vieira f- first up. So we, we are probably talking a week ago. He was talking about 
a proper balance between experience and youth. So some of those the experienced players will be players that we re-sign. So Joel Ward, for example, re-signs and he's and that's done and it's just waiting to be announced. Um, what happens with Gary Cahill? What happens with Andros Townsend? Do the club want to sign re-sign Gary Cahill at 35, 36? Or do they do they think they can get a young centre-half, or maybe two young centre-halves, who wages combined are probably what they would have to pay Cahill. Um, OK, they might have to pay more transfer fee up front or negotiate over the course of a contract, but but these are the juggling acts that they're having to, to explore, and, and that's why things will take their time. And I fully expect Palace to be active in the transfer market on transfer deadline day at the end of August, once the season is well underway. I think that seems that seems like a, a fair and reasonable kind of <laughs> approach. It's just one of those things we just have to be patient and kind of wait for things to happen as they do. Um, but yeah, uh, so in terms of questions, we've got a few. Um, let's see. Uh, we've got Jack MK and he, he asks, uh, this might be one for the government, but does he th- do we think that away supporters will be allowed uh, for the Chelsea game at the start of next season and so on? Um, it doesn't seem like they're actually preventing travelling fans from going to games. I think Palace fans are allowed to go to the Stevenage match, for example. So maybe with the with this freedom that we're supposed to be all getting, it's uh, it means that we are going to be allowed to travel to matches, which will be an interesting experience again. Um, have, do you guys know anything about that, Dom? Have you heard anything? I haven't, but um, then the, the government protocols change every week anyway, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be jumping to too <laughs> many point. conclusions at the moment. I, I can't, don't see why they wouldn't be allowed in. I mean, if they want they want things to get back to normal within football, then you need away supporters in the grounds as well. And as you say, that there will be Palace fans travelling to the away games in the front, pre-season friendlies. Um, Chelsea have got. I think Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs are playing in some kind of mini tournament and I'm sure there'll be away fans in those fixtures. So, yeah, I'd be very surprised if there weren't if we carry on along the route, this rather crazy route that we appear to be on at the moment. I think the um, inside the club, the COVID protocols will remain for a while, I think, anyway, even after the, the everything is lifted on Monday, I think it is, isn't it? Next Monday when it all... All uh, should return no, to no, no, no. normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm aware of several players this week, not at Palace, but uh, in general that I that I've been talking to or about over the last few days have all gone down with bouts of COVID. So uh, it's um, it seems to be suddenly quite. Uh, um, quite prevalent in uh, but i think a lot of these guys have gone on holidays and things like that and been outside of that uh controlled environment for a while and stuff like that so but i think my guess is that covid's going to become like uh measles or chicken pox for people that you know you are going to get it and you'll get it once and and then you'll have to be done with it and luckily all the old boys like some of us I've been immunised twice and uh, hopefully we will not suffer too much if uh, if it comes around again as a result. I think that's going to lead to a lot of players missing games, I think, in the in the, the first part of this season at least as they go down with it, I think. 
it seems very likely that we're going to end up in a scenario where everything has to be a choice of your own and whether you want to be whether you want to kind of you know be risk being exposed or or you know whether you're comfortable being around f- other fans and being in crowded situations uh that will be it's very likely to be up to you to make that decision um thanks for listening the full podcast is available at patreon.com forward slash fyp podcast It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.